0: Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Sha and Destin. This episode is brought to you by Horseshoe Huddle, Fan Nation, Sports Illustrated. We back for another episode, man. We feeling great as ever. It's draft season, our favorite time of the year. Uh, For you guys that haven't yet, make sure you go get that brand new indie draft guide that just came out. Uh, My man had a hand in working on that, and it's awesome, man. I mean, it's awesome over 200 draft profiles like it is you can't ask for much more than that you know people talking directly about how certain players fit with the indianapolis Colts and with other teams in the nfl it's the best thing out right now you know i know there's guys like dane brugler who has the beast um which is a grueling exercise i commend him for doing such a thing i could never do nothing like that because i'm just i just don't work hard enough to do that but Destin, mate. Destin, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. I mean, super pumped for the Indie Draft Guy being out. So everybody make sure to check that out. A um, bunch of great draft minds, um, not including myself, um, <laughs> that put a lot of great work and time into that. Just a lot of different don't prospect so humble, breakdowns Destin. and a lot of different... Well, I don't want to say like a lot of draft minds, you know, including myself. Like That, like that, that seems <laughs> crazy. But... uh for real, just a lot of great draft analysis. And then you're not going to get many places that make it specific towards the team that you are a fan yeah. of. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really cool to kind of get to see prospect breakdowns, but then also how they fit with your favorite team. So make sure you guys are checking that out.
0: Yeah, man. Uh- Colts fans and, and, and Colts community should be appreciative as a whole because not every team doesn't have this, you know, every team doesn't have people draft analysts that come in and write specific players up and talk about how they fit with your specific team. You know, a lot of times you have to read generic draft guides and just kind of imagine how it will fit. These guys are telling you exactly how it correlates with, with the current roster and the current team that's in place right now. Something i think is important and speaking of current roster that's in place uh we could talk about the roster finally showing up for work this past monday uh Shane three one
1: seven we here
0: shane steichen got a chance to address the team for the first time and today he addressed the media for the first time since the new season has begun um what was your initial thoughts on uh, the 11 minute press conference i know he was pretty brief with his answers And he had a pretty much consistent theme throughout throughout of it. But I'm going to see what you think first before I give my opinion.
1: I mean, press conference Shane is is football, man, just strictly football. Um, So that's just always going to be like – how I look at him. Um, He he just doesn't really mess around. He's not like the Mike McDaniels in Miami where you're going to get a guy who likes to make jokes and play around and and these things. Like he he's pretty straightforward wants to talk ball. Um, I do want to talk about just like that first um, going towards the team, speaking to the team um, aspect of it as well that the Colts posted. I have no idea if this is going to translate to him being a great coach. So I don't want it to be heard like that. But I'm not saying this is a negative about Frank Reich, but the difference in like energy and difference in delivery from Frank Reich to Shane Steichen is a 180. Like these dudes are polar opposites in how they speak to a team, how they go at this process. Now that that doesn't mean it's the right, his way is the right way. That doesn't mean Frank Reich's way is the right or wrong way. Um, Just my opening analysis of it is the, these men could not be more different (laughs)
0: Yeah, and before I touch on it, uh, I kind of want to catch this super chat from Sarah. Uh, she was kind enough to send that to us. And it says, uh, shout and Destin, you both are amazing. I truly love your content, and Drake and Andrew as well. To me, we should go quarterback, cornerback, wide receiver, and offensive line, then edge. I like that order. Uh, Sarah, we truly appreciate the super chat. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about wide receivers in depth and we're going to run off our list our top tens and if you guys want us to address a specific person then you know leave it in the chat of course super chat people get first priority but we're more than happy to break down any of these guys because we've done the work and when we've done the work you'll be happy to talk about these guys because if you're going to sit in front and watch tape about them for hours, you know, you might as well get to talk about them to, to other people. So we'll be more than happy to do that. We're going to touch on tight ends as well. We know the coach don't really need a tight end and not prioritizing the tight end position with the addition of Farrell Brown. Um, the coach pretty much set in that position group. But, you know, we'll still touch on them and talk about different guys we like or, or maybe not like, whatever the case may be. And to the Shane Steichen thing that you said earlier, yeah, man, what I like about him is, is he's really stressing the relationships. And, and and I think he really believes and really feels in his heart of hearts that, you know, the connection makes you play tougher for one another. And that's the you play sports coming up. You know that if you like a person, or uh, you have a personal relationship with a person, you play that much harder for that person. I, I've always lived that way. You know, I played ball growing up and. If I like a guy personally, I'm going to do that much more. I'm going to go all out just a tad bit and that's something that's so simple but not a lot of coaches stress that stress that. They don't they don't stress the connection that they need to have with some of these players, but that's really an instrumental part in getting the players to buy in and I think that's what Shane is trying to do in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think he just wanted to get those pillars he's talked about a lot. He wanted to get those drilled in there. I mean, And I I like the aspect where he, he had to say that, like, you are not guaranteed one of these chairs. I mean, you don't have to be here. Like, like to be in this chair is an honor. Let alone to make the roster come mm-hmm. August. So I love, I love that element of it. Um, and then I mean, I always have enjoyed listening to him in pressers so far, just because I'm, I'm a little bit of a football nerd. Um, as you guys probably know. So getting to hear a guy that, um, just loves to talk the X's and O's and wants to, to do that. Like, I'm super pumped to see him in post game action. Um, to kind of see him break down those the wins the losses um where things went well where things didn't go well i'm super excited to see him just make those comments about like this rookie quarterback that we have coming in and how those progressions are going i am just pumped to listen to the guy talk football
0: yeah yeah man and, and in other coach news today we we saw that tom pellicero tweeted that the Colts converted five million of the forrest buckner's salary uh, opening up two and a half million in cap space and I know everybody bells and whistles went off about this must be for a specific move. Uh, maybe it's just the Colts pulling a couple levers, you know. I know they could have easily got the same amount of money, uh, had they just cut Nick Foles, which I'm sure is going to happen very at some point this offseason. I don't even want to say very soon, I don't want to put a date on it because there's no in, deadline, right? They, exactly, they have no incentive on whether they cut him tomorrow or they cut him. August 30th. You know, it it doesn't matter to them. You know, they're going to cut him eventually. Nick Foles will not be on this roster come the start of the season. But do you think that move was done for anything in particular? I personally don't. I think they just was opening up some room just in case after the draft probably went, they see a couple of holes that they wasn't able to address via draft. They want to go out and get a couple of guys that they feel like they need to plug some holes.
1: Um, I mean I like that it kind of made it to where DeForest Buckner can't be traded this year. I mm-hmm. like that it kind of just like ruled that out, maybe silenced the phones a little bit on teams that were trying to smell blood in the water after the Stefan Gilmore trade. Um so I liked that element of it. I mean, the only two things that it really could go towards if they were in negotiations with a player um and we and Rashad reported last week on our show that um there is an offer out to a player at a certain position. Um, so I don't know if that could be a part of it. A part of that negotiations is to get some extra money real quick to where it doesn't like affect anything. Or if you're going to renegotiate a guy that's on the roster, sometimes, um, one of the priorities that happens with that is you go to in-house extensions, um, two guys that are up for Mm -hmm. extensions that can be done at any time from now until the end of the season, essentially, um, is Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Um, so those two are guys that they can watch out for and that they have expressed interest in wanting to extend. Um, and I guess we'll kind of see how it all plays out. I know uh, Quentin Nelson's extension this past year kind of went up like right up to that first game um, in the regular season. Yeah, um, So right there. Yeah, so they kept moving and negotiating that one out right before the season started. I wouldn't be shocked if at least one of them got done. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, If I had to pick one, that I think is more likely. I'd say Jonathan Taylor. If yeah. I had to pick which one I would extend if I was no in charge, I think I would go Michael Pittman, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the way the landscape of the NFL as a whole, you know, the value of a, of a pass catcher is, is way higher than, you know, the value of a running back, although a lot of people, majority of people feel like Jonathan Taylor is a better player than Michael Pittman. I don't disagree with that. We're just talking about strictly positional value and how it translates to the team. Okay, uh, let's get into these receivers, man. Um, do you want to start first, and do you want to count down from ten are we, to one?
1: Are we starting receivers or tight ends?
0: Well, tight ends, tight ends is gonna go pretty quick, so maybe we, maybe we should hit tight ends first. I'm with you, and, and then and then do and then do wide receivers. Okay, okay. Well, we don't necessarily have to do a, a tight end breakdown. Just just tell me who your tight end one is, and and tell me why.
1: Okay. Um, so tight end one for me. Um, I went with Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, um, Indiana kid, obviously from the Notre Dame. Bias. Uh, You're biased. Damn I, it's, it. It's, it's it's honestly not even a bias thing. I just think so I really like the top four in this class, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um I'm mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to guess, our top four is the same. It may not be the same order, but the same four. So I have Michael Merritt at one, Dalton Kincaid at two out of Utah, Darnell Washington from Georgia at three, Luke Musgrave at four. four. So I like all four of those guys a lot. Like I think Mm -hmm. all four of those guys are going to hear their name within the first two rounds. Um, So we'll kind of see how those go. But Michael Merritt to me, when I look at all four of those guys that I like a lot altogether, the reason that I go him at one is I think he's the most all-around guy. Um, of this class, I think all of them have pros cons. I just think Michael Mayer offers the most overall um compared to the others, where I think Dalton Kincaid's gonna be the best option as a pass catcher. I think Darnell Washington's the best blocker, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that that's in the end of why I went Michael Mayer at one, because I think all around that's what I give him
0: yeah man I like Michael Mears game uh true in line tight end uh great great in the run game I know he's not during there Washington but he's still a great blocker mm-hmm. uh imposes will on smaller defenders great hand placement when he's blocking soft hands surprisingly very very soft hands and is an asset in the passing game has yak ability too a little bit you know uh, I was shocked when I watched his tape you know how much little wiggle he has as a bigger guy and and with a blocking focus you know most of the time when you have a guy that's really blocking centric he typically don't give you much in the passing game you know we, we saw he's not a jack doyle you know jack doyle was the safety net just was a great blocker but was always there for five yards if it was third and five he was going to get you five uh michael Mayer, i think has a bit more uh more to his game than that you know, I, I seen him catch make catches in traffic. I was impressed with that. He high points the ball in some place. So Michael Mayer is my tight end, too. But I'm not mad at anybody that has missed tight end one. So talk to me about your tight end two. Um uh, Who is my tight end one? Dalton Kincaid.
1: Yeah, so I have Dalton Kincaid at number two. I think Dalton Kincaid is the most natural pass catcher of these top tight ends in this class. I think the only element that really drops them to two, um, a little bit smaller in size than these top four, um, which, I mean, that that's a brand of tight end that some teams are going to want more anyway. Um, I just – the size element is an element where you're – it's hard to fight against the guys that are huge and are able to do other things. So I just I have Dalton Kincaid too just because this is a th- passing league. Um, mm-hmm. So that element of it has to get the notch a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But just because of the smaller smaller in size a little bit and really little to no effect in the run game at the moment, um, that's why Kincaid's at two and Mayor's at one for me.
0: Not mad at that. Um, oh, my player count for Michael Mayer, by the way, is Brent Selleck. I, I don't know if a lot of people remember Brent Selleck with the Eagles. Uh, similar size, I think similar ability in the way they play the game on the field. It, if I tell people my – my player account for Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to make people very, very angry at me. But, but let me just go over why I like Dalton Kincaid. And shout out to Sarah who sent us a super chat again saying, don't sleep on Sam LaPorta from Iowa. He is my tight end five.
1: I have him at six.
0: Okay. I was about to say I'm probably a little higher on him than most people, but I watched the tape and I, f- I fell in love with LaPorta. Like I really fell in love with his game. Uh, I mention him later though, soon as soon as we wrap up these four. Um, Dalton Kincaid. Um, I think he's a solid athlete, long strider, a little subtleness to his game. Um, he really sets defenses up in his routes well, almost receiver-like, you know. The way he creates space at the top of his routes, I think he's good going up against zone coverage. Seemed like he always found a soft spot in the zone. Pretty sure-handed. Uh he got enough juice to be a yak monster. And my favorite part about him is his ability to high point the football. Like, the type of catches that he makes, acrobat catches, uh, he lines up in the slot. Uh, sometimes you can isolate him like a traditional X receiver, and he's fine in that role. I think he gives you enough juice out there to where he can substitute for a wide receiver. He, he's a monster in the passing game, man. My, my player comp for Dalton Kincaid is actually <sighs> – it's Travis hey, Kelsey. Oh, uh, so just say it. we, it's, it's, we, we knew where this was going. It's Travis Kelsey, man. I, I really—that is his absolute ceiling. Of course, when I'm when I'm speaking about that. But does he I have
1: know. Travis Kelsey's swag?
0: Absolutely not. Not, we're See, not. We're, so, so absolutely, so we're
1: saying not. so. We're saying Travis Kelsey minus swag. Yes, that's yes. a different player. Just saying, it's a different player.
0: And and in Travis Kelsey's defense, what I like about Travis Kelsey when he came out, he was pretty Dalton Kincaid. Similar as far as the blocking aspect of his game. Duncan Kincaid's not much of a blocker at all. I mean, he'll get in the way. He makes effort. Travis Kelsey was the same way. Like, he was really a liability as far as his blocking went. But he he has gotten a lot better throughout his career in that asset. And you can see him making strides in that direction to become a better blocker. I, I like Dalton Kincaid, man. I am super high on him. He's the only tight end I have, though, with a first-round grade. The rest of these guys I have as as second-round grades, but they're guys that, that should go in in the first round probably. Like Michael Mayer, I think, is a first-round tight end in this draft.
1: I think it just all depends on how many teams want a tight end enough to do it. Um, right. I, report, I reported today, like, I've heard a lot of smoke that the Lions like the top of this tight end class. Um, mm-hmm. The Lions are a team that have two firsts and two seconds. Um, So I feel like that second round is probably a better route for them to get one of these top four Um, at three for me is Darnell Washington. Like I said earlier, best blocking tight end in this class. Um, You don't normally see a guy that is this good of a blocker. That is also this good of an athlete, Um, but Darnell Washington's Mm -hmm. a little bit freaky um, in how he moves. Um, I think he may be, uh, he may have a little bit more of a growing curve in the past game early. Um, Mm -hmm. He may need to get polished a little bit and coached up, but if you trust the the coaches you have in place to be able to unlock this guy like there's probably the element that he has the highest ceiling of this entire tight end class Um, because to have the already to already be a special run blocker um, and someone that can impact the game that way and to have the athleticism that you just can't teach um, if you can just get him to be a better route runner and someone that can high point the ball a little bit better like he's going to be a guy that can be really special at the next level but i have him at tight end three
0: I have my tight end three as well. Athletic freak, great blocker, basically a six offensive lineman on the field. Uh, he's great at base blocking, like one-on-one base blocking, and he's great as a chipper. Uh, he can pull out in space, you know, and, and get out in front of ball carrier and, and block well. I think he's barely scratching the surface as a pass catcher, honestly. His catch radius is huge, and, and we all know he high points the football well. I mean, you can just turn on the, the highlight tape and, and you can watch that i think the way georgia used him did him no favors though you know uh i think he's still raw raw real raw as a route runner well, being
1: tight end two there also is not going to be able to highlight him enough
0: because tight one is unreal boy what my god Brock Powers is on. He, he's
1: let, let, tied in one for the 2024 class. Oh my God. Um, is. I receive
0: a one for the 2024 <laughs> class. is We're going to have fun next. This time next year, we, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, man, I, like I said, I think he's a bit stiff when running his routes. It looks a bit robotic coming out of his breaks. That's all things that, that he has to work on to get a little more fluid, become a little more fluid in this route running. But Darnell Washington is, he's that, you know, that. That bowl that mold of clay that these people love to get their hands on. And, and I think you can turn them into something special if you actually put the time in and put the work in. Talk to me about tight end four. Uh, well, my, my player comp for Donnell Washington, which is Jelani Woods, by the way. But um, talk to me about tight end four, Luke Musgrave, a guy we saw up close at the Senior Bowl.
1: Yeah, so Luke Luke Musgraves, to me, is a little bit Michael mayer light. Um, mm-hmm. He's also a guy who's a little bit balanced all around, um, mm-hmm. has a solid addition to the pass game, has a solid addition in the run game. Um, he even talked to us at the Senior Bowl a little bit, and I may be able to find the clip where I asked him the question, and he talked about it to be able to put it out, but he covered the fact that when he went into college, he didn't care about the run blocking side of being a tight end. Like it just wasn't an aspect of it that he cared about. Um, His coaches kind of ran that through his head of, What's going to make you different at the next level is when you come into the league already with that ability. So, like that element of it is really nice. Um, I don't think he has the ceiling of these other type, uh, these other top three, but I think he could be a solid tight end at the next level, and it's still a guy that should go in the top two rounds. Who is balanced both over both places? He may not be special on either side of the pass catching or run blocking side at the next level. Um, but how many special tight ends are there at the next level? Really, like you, you could be a all around good tight end. And still be like tight end six, tight end seven in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with that. I think he got great size at the position. He's a good athlete. You know, you remember when they was telling us like he was going to test real like freakishly? We was expecting him to blow the roof off at the combine. I mean, he didn't do that, you know. But they was te- it was some wild predictions on how he was going to test, and it just never came to be. Uh, I think he's good on the seam routes. I think that's actually his best, his best route that he run. And ran in college football last year. Uh, the ability to make catches in traffic, long strider builds up a lot of speed as he goes. Um, pretty fluid, good at changing pace on the route. He's
1: he's he looks skinny though to me. Like, I, I know he's I know he's a pretty heavy guy, but he looks, looks a bit slender. That, that's what I'm wondering if his blocking ability that has been better the last two years of college, yeah, mm-hmm. if it's gonna hold up at the NFL level, like if it's gonna be yeah. similar, if he's gonna yeah. like result regress a little bit going against bigger guys and those linebackers and these safeties that are going to be assigned to him in block coverage. Um, Mm -hmm. I am curious of of how he's going to hold.
0: Yeah, me, me too. Uh, My player comp for him was Austin Hooper. Uh, He reminds me a lot of Austin Hooper and and he had similar draft profiles, you know, when, when Hooper came out a few years back, is there anybody else that you want to mention? We'll talk about one more guy each, if you want, Uh, I'll, I could talk about Sam Laporta because...
1: Yeah, I say, I'll i let you do Sam Laporta, and I know Sarah put it in here earlier, so we want to make sure to talk about him. I have Sam Laporta as my tight end six. Um, the guy Who's your I'll tight end five? Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. I, uh, I have
0: him as my tight end six. Wow, that's I, crazy. I say,
1: so the guy I'm actually going to talk about, though, is Zach Koontz at Old Dominion. He, he's mm. my tight end seven. Um, mm. And um, if you're looking on YouTube, that was the person that was in our uh, little um, header... Uh, Thumbnail, dang, I'm new here. Um, th- our thumbnail, but I mean, Zach Coons yes. is an athletic freak. I mean, Jelani Woods goes out last year, becomes the most the most athletic tight end in the in the combine era. Um, only lasted a season. Um, we and we have Zach Coons had Old Dominion come out and do it as well. And I think he is very raw. Um, and an element of why I haven't met tight end seven, that's going to be higher than a lot of people. But mm-hmm. the fact of it is at the tight end position, maybe, I don't know if I want to say more than any other position, but it is one of the top positions in the NFL where if you are a below average athlete, you struggle. Yeah, that you just do. Yeah. So the fact that he has that special athletic ability to kind of open up of options for him at the next level. Um, we saw it with Jelani Woods last year, a little bit slow start um, and can find ways to make plays at times, but may not have the rookie of the year capabilities at the tight end position by any means. But he's a guy who has a super high ceiling because of his size, because of his athleticism, and just his willingness to do whatever role. Um, he's not a special run blocker yet by any means but has 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 times on tape where he just takes guys out of plays because that's what the coach told him to do um so if you you give this guy a task he's a guy who gives 110 percent in everything he does um and that 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 mentality and that athleticism i just have a hard time thinking this kid doesn't work out
0: Yeah, and I think we should have gave this disclaimer before we even started talking about these tight ends. Tight ends is one of the hardest positions to transfer to in the NFL. Especially year one. Yes, it takes a couple of years before you finally get your feet under you because there's a lot that you have to do. It's a lot on your plate, and it typically takes time. So, you know, when we talk about these guys, sometimes we're projecting a couple years down the road. We're not projecting what we're going to see as a rookie next year I you know some of these guys especially a guy like Koontz you know I think he has staying power I think he can find a role in the NFL and and make and carve out a long career for himself but I just don't think it's going to happen for a couple of years you know because he's so raw uh Sam Laporte is the last guy I'll touch on um some of his strengths uh, like I said I fell in love with his tape I wasn't familiar with him I didn't watch personally watch a lot of IO football but Turns out they have a lot of good players at Iowa, and I ended up watching a lot more Iowa than I thought I would when I was evaluating different positions. Uh, but he's versatile with the way they used him. I mean, he was like their everything as far as their passing game. They used him in line. They split him out in a slot. He was also out wide and isolated on one side of the formation. I think he's a really good athlete, and he's a yak monster. I'm talking about get the ball in his hands. They ran screens, little flares. Uh, quick slants, anything to just get the ball in this guy's hands. And he made plays repeatedly. So uh, I love that. He's definitely a move tight end at the next level. Uh, He got good footwork. He beat man coverage off the line of scrimmage a a ton. And, I mean, as a blocker, there's some concern. You know, he's not really a good base blocker. You don't want to isolate him having block in the defensive end or anything like that. And he has some drop concerns. But my uh, my player comp for him was was Colin Granson, actually. That's that's the kind of guy he reminds me of. Gets the immediate separation uh, from guys off the line of scrimmage, and I think he'll be a mismatch if most tight ends. I mean, most linebackers that's trying to guard him at the line of scrimmage. I think he'll find ways to create separation, and when he's going against zone coverage, finds little soft spots in those zones to sit down and make catches.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. Again, that like that smaller body type is always going to be something that like if two guys are close to me, like mm-hmm. I'm going to go the guy that has just a little bit more size. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's really the only reason I think Laporta goes to six. He's coming from a system that really knows how to develop tight ends there in Iowa. Um, I'm sure Sarah will like that we mentioned mentioned that um, but I, I don't know if tight ends a place that we're gonna have to uh, look at here for the Colts um, but it's definitely a position that I think is a lot of fun in this year's class and if you do mm-hmm. need a tight end across the NFL it's one where I think you can get some solid guys on day two early day three
0: yeah and I know you you spoke about size when you were talking about these tight ends so let's let's uh, talk about the complete opposite at the wide receiver position because there are a bunch of tiny men <laughs> In this NFL draft at the wide receiver position. This is probably the smallest wide receiver class I've ever seen. Yeah, in... some of these
1: some of these corners should have played receiver. That's what I'm that's what I'm learning.
0: Yeah, you are absolutely right. And, and they probably could have made a bag off of it too. They would it would have been definitely X receivers in this draft. But let's get to it. Um,
1: okay. I know we wanna you wanna give you a top 10? Give me your top 10. So you want me to do my entire ten, and then cu- and then are we gonna go? Like, how do you want to do it? Uh, you want to break it into half? I'll go ten to five. Yeah, yeah. You do go, your go 10, ten to five.
0: Go ten to five. Yeah. All right. Go ten to five from- So right
1: at ten, I have Xavier Hutchison out of Iowa State. Ugh. Oh, I apologize. Um, Xavier Hutchison's eleven. Um, I just had. To, I just wanted to say his name. Um, at ten, <laughs> I have A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Nine, I have Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. At eight, I have Marvin Mims Jr. from Oklahoma. At seven, this is is my guy in this receiver class, and I'm a little higher on than most, so everybody cover your ears if you're going to hate how high this is. Um, At seven, I have Trey Palmer from Nebraska. What? At at six, I have Josh Downs um, from UCLA. At five, I have Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee.
0: I'm not mad at that. Uh, the only reason I'm not mad at that because I have one of those guys in my top ten too. But I put mine at ten, Destin. That's what I did. I put mine at ten. You know, I didn't put him way at seven.
1: Hey, I I think he's that good, man. We'll 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 talk about it here soon.
0: I I like Trey Palmer. I like I like his I, game. I don't think he's seven, but I, I like his game for sure. I know um, he's seven. <laughs> <laughs> number ten, number ten is Jaden Reed. <laughs> Wide receiver from Michigan State. I'm sure Destin knew that was coming. Probably predicted that one. Number nine is Cedric Tillman. Number eight is Jalen Hyatt. Number seven, this one's going to rub people the wrong way, man. But I'm ready to do it. I am ready to do it. Tyler Scott is number seven for me. Number six is Josh Downs. And number five is
1: who is this oh number five is Marvin mims junior, so we had so we had four of the same players, two in the same spot. we both had Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee at nine. we both had josh downs at six
0: okay so so who you want to talk about
1: who who you want to start
0: with oh uh, um, you no know i mean, i'll 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 let you start with with a t tell me about a t perry i didn't I never watched him yeah. yet.
1: He's so, a guy so, have a so At Perry's a lot of fun, man. I mean, six four, um, depending on what okay. site you look at, six five. Um, okay. So big body guy, um, four ish speed, guy that can move really well. Like the big thing with him is his route tree just isn't really developed yet. So there's this sense with him. Oh, that's, uh, that's Cedric
0: Tillman as well. So, th- Tillman. so there's this
1: big sense with A.T. Perry of what he can be. Um, so you're drafting a guy of what he could be, not what he is now. Because um, mm. right now he's a guy that's fast and big. So, um, like, he can do the jump ball area for you down the sideline and get a little separation that way. Um until he has a developed route tree, he's probably not going to create separation in many other areas. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to make up that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I like ATP, AT Perry's game. Um, and in a class full of small, fast guys, he's a big fast guy. Um, and I like his upside.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing I can see, you can see by his size, you know, There's not a lot of those big traditional X guys in this draft class. So if you happen to find one, you know, you kind of got to pull the trigger on those guys a little earlier. If you're one of those teams that's looking for somebody to fill that role, you got to pull a trigger on them a little earlier than you probably would like to. But a guy like A.T. Perry, uh, Cedric Tillman, you know, those guys, it's not a lot of them. Uh, Quinn Johnson, I, I guess, even though he doesn't even play. Like his size to me. But well, uh, well, we'll i say TCU
1: had him listed at six five, and he measured in at under six two at the scouting yeah. combine. So yeah. TCU has some explanations to be making.
0: Uh TCU is still still a bit dizzy from that national championship game. So for, So forgive them. Um, okay, uh, I'll talk a little bit about about Jaden Reed. Um, Jaden Reed, a guy who's not on Destin's list. Is he in your top fifteen at least? Top 16, 17, something. Give me something, Destin.
1: Jaden Reed is in my top 17. Oh,
0: God. Because he D- is 17. D- 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 I figured he was 17 for you <laughs> he's,
1: he's just so – like I, I had him in a mock draft recently. I, I like his fit in Indianapolis. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I do like it if Chris Ballard gets out of his own way and kind of changes the draft strategy with the new offense even. Um, yeah. It's just he's, – he's really small. Um, the – the bust ability with these small guys coming into the league like it happens a lot even when they're small quick like yeah. there's just a very high bust ability i think he has a lot of potential man like i think he, i like his traits i like his movement in and out of his routes he was making dudes look silly at the senior bowl well
0: i'm glad you did it for me you know i barely have to discuss it now you know he would be a, he would be a guy honestly he would be in most people's top 10s if he ran a tad bit faster and, and he tested a bit better at the at the combine, because I think with his skill set, if he was an elite athlete, uh, as far as his ball skills and his route running ability and the way he gets separation throughout his routes, I think all that's really good. But I think for it to work at the next level, he needs to be an elite athlete because of his size. And I just don't think he's that. But I just like him as a player so much. You know, I have to put him at 10, at least because the the show that he put on at the senior bowl, you know, as a wide receiver. And he has return ability. Uh he, He's ran a bunch of punts back at Michigan State as well. But the hands, the ball tracking ability is, is something that I just love about his game. And he showed up in the big games, you know, against Ohio State and the other teams that he played. He put up really good numbers. So I, I was impressed with him. Uh Talk to me about Jalen Hyatt.
1: So I mean, I mean, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee was one of those guys where every time you saw this man, he was open. Like it it was a Mm -hmm. sense of like Mm -hmm. what's going on. Like there was a game where we watched him score four touchdowns this past year, and every single one of them, there was not a defender within five yards of the guy against a pretty
0: good team, right?
1: yeah. I mean, like, he, dude, dude was that, just had that ability where he just creates separation um, mm-hmm. in an offense that really limits what their weapons can do. Because, I mean, we, we've talked about this with the Hinden Hooker stuff, if you heard me over the last week or so. Like, Tennessee uses the vertical style offense where they use the boundaries almost strictly. Um, so, Jalen Hyatt yeah. almost always was lining up almost out of bounds. <laughs> like, they like to yeah. line their receivers up on the sideline. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, the fact that we got to see Jalen Hyatt do some of the stuff he can do against with that handicap on his back. Like, I yeah. think he's going to be an even better pro.
0: Yeah. He's a guy, Uh, you know, sm- smaller size. Well, I guess he's average compared to the rest of these guys in his class. I-, I believe he came in right at six feet. So, you know, he's a guy that takes the top off, off of defenses. And, and that's a skill set that's valued in the NFL. You know, my player comp for him was uh, Deshaun Jackson, actually. And I see so many similarities to the way they both win in his game. You know, he's an elite athlete. The vertical jump is there. The, the broad jump was was really good. So I, I like that ability. What scares me is the amount of space he was with in college. He won't have that to work with in the NFL. So he's going to have to get better at making people miss in the phone boot and creating separation that way. But as far as the deep threat, I think he can come in and have a role in the offense immediately as that. Like he can come in. That's his floor when he goes when he gets drafted to the NFL to come in and be probably a wide receiver three somewhere or wide receiver four. And you just have him taking the top off of defenses while your main guys, your stars, work the underneath routes in the intermediate areas. And I think he you can find success in that role and last a long time in the NFL doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and then the last guy I want to mention from my 5 to 10 was Trey Palmer because um, I know I'm higher on him than most. I, was, I, said, I wasn't
0: going to ask you about Trey Palmer, by the way. I hope you yeah, know that. Yeah,
1: you were just going to make me not get to talk about my guy here. But um, <laughs> I think the thing with Trey Palmer is the versatility in a class full of Z, um, which was slot receivers. He's a guy who can be a Z and a Y. Um, like he offers the versatility to kind of move things around a little bit. He has the speed that you want to take off the top, take the top off the defense. I think he has the ability to be better in the run after catch world than he even looked at looked like in college. Um, I think he's a guy who can just turn a single into a home run. And that, that's the big things with a guy like him that I think, first of all, I would love him in Indianapolis. Like he's – that's where we're getting – we get to kind of start about oh, that. that's what you, That's what you're like, hitting at. I, 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 I like his fit here in Steichen's offense, um, but I also just think he's a guy with the type of versatility he has in a class that just doesn't have that much compared to especially to years past. Like I just think there's way more possibilities with a guy like Trey Palmer um, than some of these other guys in this class who I also like quite a bit. Um, but like you, like you mentioned Tyler Scott, I have him a little bit lower than my top 10. He's at 12 for mm-hmm. me. Um, I like Tyler Scott. And I just think Trey Palmer offers more versatility long term. Um, but I think Tyler Scott probably gets drafted higher than Trey Palmer, even though I have Trey Palmer rated higher, if that makes sense.
0: Just say, he. you, you know, you got a soft spot for him, man. That's just fine.
1: Hey, I mentioned it to start. I am. A, I know that Trey Palmer is like one of my guys in this class, so I know I'm going to be higher on him than most. But I, I just think the versatility he offers raises his floor and his ceiling. Um, and I, I just I like what he has to offer. So, would love to have the Cornhusker here in Indianapolis.
0: Okay, give me a, a top five.
1: So this is the top four because we ended up saying five, which I think we probably didn't did. mean to do, but we just we did. did. We definitely So did. four, I got Shad's boy Jordan Addison out of USC. Um, three, I have Quentin Johnston out of TCU. He's at gonna two, do it. He's gonna I do have, it. At two, I have Zay Flowers out of Boston oh, okay. College. Okay, do it. I and I was at one, one, I have Jackson Smith named Jigba out of Ohio State.
0: Okay, I'm not. I'm not that mad at that. Uh. Okay, I have Zay Flowers out of Boston College at four. At number three, I have Quentin. I'm, t- I'm joking. Quinn Johnson's my number two. I have Jordan Addison at number three. I have Quinn Johnson at number two, and I have Jackson Smith and Jigba as my number one.
1: So, and
0: let me tell you. Let me start. Let me start. Let me yeah, start this ahead. way. Because it was hard for me to go against what I like. I'm a Quentin Johnson, as far as his physical profile, I love those type of wide receivers. But let me tell you something. He doesn't play like those type of wide receivers. Quentin Johnson, surprisingly, was when I watched him, he was a yak guy, a guy that created in short-area short area situations. He wasn't really like a guy that high-pointed the football really well. He was a deep threat. I think his ball-tracking skills is phenomenal. Uh, the way he tracks now deep balls, but he doesn't use his size in a dominant way like most guys with that frame would. I don't know if that's if that's coming at the next level, but I I just I was disappointed a bit with, when I watched him. You know, I, I thought he was the way people spoke about him clear cut number one receiver in his class because that's what it was built to be throughout the college football season. Well, that's
1: and, what you know, happens when your school lies to everyone saying you're three inches taller than you are?
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely not six five. He's nowhere near six five, actually. He's really he's six two. And he, he plays, came in
1: just below six two.
0: And he plays like he's six feet, honestly. Like when you look at the way he plays on the field, it, it, it's not that type of guy. And I was disappointed, which is why I couldn't put him number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, he ends up dropping to three. First of all, the, the three inch drop when this happens at the combine, like that was drastic. For me, so when Quentin Johnson's being he's being portrayed as the X receiver in a draft with no X receivers. Like like that was his selling point. So six five, nice speed in and out of his cuts. Go to the combine, you measure in at just below six two and like that just takes a little bit of the niche off of it. Um, He ends mm-hmm. up falling to three for me just because I think the upside of the top two, well, first of all, like Jackson Smith and Jigba is the only one who has a definite first round grade for me in this receiver class. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I think he's the only lock to go in the first round. Um, um The rest of this class, like there are guys that have, there's like three to four guys that have the potential to go in the top 20 they have the potential Mm -hmm. to fall to the middle of the second like like there is a weird middle ground for both of these guys um but i think zay flowers and jackson smith and jigba they offer more home run ability they offer more ability to fit the majority of offenses where i think quentin johnston only really fits in the x role um whereas i think the other two offer a little bit more special upside and that's why they kind of got the bump for me. Um and I see the chat is asking a big question about a receiver neither of us had in our top 10. Um in that being Jonathan Mingo, we had two people here asking. Mm. So wh- I know where I have Jonathan Mingo. Do you do you have him ranked currently? I don't have
0: him ranked. I didn't watch Jonathan Mingo, AT Perry, uh and it was a it was one more guy that's top that's in the top 20 that I haven't watched yet. Those are my last three on my list that I have to watch.
1: So so I like Jonathan I Mingo. Him. I don't
0: have him rank yet. So I, I like see Jonathan a lot of Mingo good things about him,
1: though. I like Jonathan Mingo quite a bit. I have him at 15. Um, I think okay. part of the reason is I think he is a big slot, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's a role that some teams like a lot. Um, I just think it's a very specific role that some of these other guys just offer me more above mm-hmm. him that I have. I mean, so, like, I know Jonathan Mingo and Tyler Scott are big – People right now that Colts fans are in love with, yeah. um, and I like both of them. I got to talk with Jonathan Mingo at the Senior Bowl. He's a guy who is really hungry for the next level, and he's grown a ton through this process. Um, I heard a team say that there is these thoughts that he could go late first. I, when I watch him on tape, I don't see a first-round receiver. Um, that's why I have receiver fifteen. Um, I think he's a guy that I would feel comfortable drafting, like in the fourth um, into the third. Um, but I do know that he's uh, one of the guys that Colts Nation loves a lot right now. Um, Zay Flowers is a guy who, if you want to hear a little bit more about my stuff on him, I have an article coming out tomorrow um, that is titled Building Steichen's Offense, the three-part series that I'm starting um, where I'll be looking at the second round, the third round, and day three targets that the Colts could look at to Make the transition to Steichen's offense, and um, a little spoiler is that Zay Flowers is one of the guys listed on tomorrow's piece for round two.
0: Okay, well, let me talk about Zay Flowers then, since you're going to do it in your article. I don't want you to run anything before it come out, so let me talk about it. Zay Flowers. Yak, God, he's a yak guy. Put the ball in his hands, he makes plays. Uh, I love the way I love the way he runs his routes. He runs his routes. It looked like he's moving at a thousand miles an hour. I know he's not elite athlete. You know, he's a smaller guy, but he, he has a compact frame. He runs th- runs through arms tackles. Guys bounce off of him after he have the ball in his hands, man. He beats he beats press coverage off the line of scrimmage uh, with no problem. I, I like when the play br- breaks down. He works back to the quarterback. He makes himself available in those scramble in those scramble plays when quarterbacks have to create off off platform and off script uh tracks deep ball well he caught a lot of deep balls and he dunks on guys you know at five nine, he will go up and catch one on your head like a little muscle I, hamster too for his yeah, size yeah yeah man that's why I say that compact frame and, and the way he looks you know it's almost like he's a running back basically once the ball gets in his hands and, and the way he's able to make guys miss a lot of wiggle in this game when he catch the ball I like Zay Flowers a lot and if he was just about probably three inches two inches taller He'd probably be my wide receiver one, to be honest. But I I think he's a very good fit for what the Indianapolis Colts need right now, especially after losing a guy like Paris Campbell. Uh, You need a guy that can work from the inside. And I think Zay Flowers offers that in bunches.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, So. We are down to talk receivers for just about the next 10 minutes. Um, So any Mm -hmm. guys you guys want to put in the comment section, um, feel free if there's a guy we haven't talked about yet. Um, I like this receiver class quite a bit. Um, A lot of specific (laughs) types, um, a lot of Z, a lot of Ys, um, not a lot of Xs. Um, And what just happens to be for the Colts is that's what we need. We we need that Y um, that has the ability to take the the top off the defense in this new offense.
0: Say his name. Say his name, Destin. I'm putting you on the spot.
1: This is Andre. um well, Okay, Andre... we got we got that part.
0: Iosivas. Is I don't even.
1: Iosivas. Iosivas. That's
0: what. Iosivas. That's what we're Iosivas? going with.
1: That's That sounded good. Iosivas. But, I mean, Andre's another guy that – so, like, look at the A.T. Perry build that I kind of said earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a little bit of that in the light. Like, again, a big-bodied guy, moves really well for his size. Track Um,
0: guy, right? Former track guy. Exactly.
1: Like, track Mm -hmm. speed. Like, Mm -hmm. the the, the track speed is something that NFL GMs, NFL scouts – like, track speed is one of the things that translates to the pro level. More than yeah. just about any trait you're gonna get. Like you can teach things all you want, you're not gonna teach a guy to have track speed. Like you're just not. Um, this this guy is a big-bodied guy is gonna be able to play the X. He probably is gonna have the ability to play the Z as well if mm-hmm. they can get his route tree a little bit more defined, a little bit more polished. So I think when you look at him, it's all about do you trust your staff that's in place to develop him. Um, but he's not gonna be a guy that plays right away. Um, and that that's the big thing when it comes to him. But Patrick Rye here with, what would you think about Bryce Ford? Wheaton think they could go for him like they did with strong and double dip. Sky high RAS at the combine. So Bryce Ford was one of the guys I had in my most recent um, um, mock draft I did for the Colts. And a lot of the reasons you just said. Um, I think he is a big bodied receiver that may fit Steichen's level of offense once they can get his traits to translate to his route tree than what Michael Strong is right now. Um, And with the new coaching staff coming in, those kind of guys aren't safe on the roster anymore. I'll keep saying that. So being able to draft a higher upside guy on day three is something I could see them doing and trying Mm -hmm. to attack that way. way. Um, But Bryce Ford Wheaton is a fun prospect. He's a guy that's going to go in the sixth, seventh round. Probably he may go undrafted, but I think the upside with his size and speed, will get someone to bite on him in the sixth or seventh round. But high upside guy just really, really raw when it comes to how his route tree is polished and how he doesn't really offer much separation outside of just pure speed one on one right now.
0: Yeah, I think his skill set would be kind of redundant. You know, with, with the Indianapolis Colts per se, uh, the production just wasn't there. You know, like it, it just wasn't there for him and. But what he can do physically is he's an imposing guy. Like If you look at him physically, he's a big guy. He has the speed, the long speed, but he doesn't have the separation speed. And that's going to be his biggest issue at the next level. You know, constantly and consistently creating separation. You don't want everything the guy to do to be a jump ball. Like, you know, that's what Alec Pierce is, is currently struggling with right now. But you want to be a guy that can create some separation, even when – You're at that size. And I think if we haven't seen Strong get the playing time yet and work his way to the field, I just find it hard for Bryce Ford Wheaton to come in here and jump him, you know, because I think physically they offer pretty much the same thing.
1: I saw this one and I had to go to it. Jarrett, I love Rakeem Jarrett. He did, not, he did not make my top ten, but he's a guy I've been talking up for months. Um, I think he's a guy who, if the Colts go elsewhere in rounds two, three, four, I mean, I think Rakeem Jarrett could hear his name in the fourth round, may, most likely in the fifth, but he could hear his name in the fourth. I think. Rakeem Jarrett's a day three prospect that if the Colts, for whatever reason, go corner interior line and kind of leave those openings there. Rakeem Jarrett's a guy who I think you get on day three has the upside and floor ability to play. Day one has a ton of run after catch ability at the next level. And again, just has the ability to turn signal sing, singles into home runs. And that's an element that I think this offense has missed a lot at the receiver room. So if you can get a guy like Rakeem Jarrett on day three, because you swing and miss or you just aren't able to get a swing on a receiver on those first three rounds. I love his fit here. Um, I just think Rakeem Jarrett was lowered on my list in the top 10 just because I think that upside ability that some of these other guys had above him as well as just, I think Rakeem Jarrett may fit our offense specifically and other vertical type offenses more than he will the majority of NFL offenses, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, Matthew Timmons says... Think we take a receiver at 35 if there's a Zay Flowers or a top three guy there at that pick. I think absolutely no way with the current state of just these cornerbacks in this DB room, I think it's no way you could take a receiver. I, I know the coach may do it. I'd be shocked if Chris Ballard actually did it. And the only logical reason I can see them actually doing it is if they decide, okay, this wide receiver class is not that deep. Let me get a guy I like right now because I can get a corner later. But I just don't see it. I I just have my doubts. I think they want a cornerback, and I think they want an instant starter or a guy that can come in and play immediately at cornerback. And I think if there's a chance to get one of the guys that they highly highly touted, one of those top three, top four guys on their board, I think they're going to take that cornerback. But – I fully expect them to trade back at 35 if everything goes according to the way it's supposed to go. If the Colts end up trading pick 79 to go up to the number three spot and and make their quarterback pick, I think they'll trade back from 35. Yeah, Yeah, I think they trade back from 35 and get that third rounder back.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I like I said, I don't want to talk too much about this. this. I have an article coming out tomorrow that's going to talk about it. Zay Flowers is one of the guys I listed. I think he's the level of guy. I think there's three positions that the Colts would rather take in the in the, at the 35 slash second round, and it's corner interior offensive line, receiver. I think those are the three that they would rather take. Um, I think corner is just the clear favorite right now that they have a lot of guys that could be best player available on their board, but if for whatever reason the board doesn't fall that way, I think because of how deep the corners are in this class, like we've said a lot, that if a guy like Zay Flowers is there at 35, if he's there at 45 when you trade back-ish, whatever you want to call it, he's the level of guy who and I'll talk more about it in this article tomorrow, but it's smaller than what Chris Bauer normally goes for. But with a change in the offense, it's time for the draft strategy to be adjusted as well to set offense. And Zay Flowers is fit in this vertical style offense in the slot that the Colts need is truly great.
0: Yeah, Zay Flowers, man. Like you said, a muscle hamster. Put the ball in his hands and, and he's going to make a play. I know we're not talking about offensive linemen. Destin couldn't help it. I saw you put Cody Mark up there. I think the Coast State Cody Mark actually. If he's there at thirty-five, a that's real. there's going to be real intriguing and really hard for them to pass up. You know, he especially he,
1: he also may or may not be in my article tomorrow.
0: <laughs> so Destin came on here. He can't talk about anything. Yeah, right.
1: apparently. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I it's, it's hard. Like, I have this article coming out tomorrow. Cody Mock and say flowers might be in it. I guess you guys will see. Um, but I, I that's what I I said it a second ago, but that's just what I really want you guys to leave here with is we're going to have to head out here soon. Um, mm-hmm. quarterback, obviously, we've all heard that's the talk of the town. That is the plan in the first round. I think the three positions that you guys should keep your eyes on, looking at prospects on, just kind of get who you like at these spots receiver, corner, interior line, with corner being the emphasis i think those three are the positions to keep your eye on at 35 slash the second round if they trade back that they could look at if the board falls the way they want to those those are the spots that they look at right now that they know they want to add at um so it'll just be depending on how the first round goes
0: yeah and if you heard uh any names that you're intrigued by don't forget to pick up the draft guy and go in there oh I did want to hit this question really quick, uh, because he asked it earlier. The real Mister Cole are there any receivers from Florida to pair Richardson with? No. Thank you well, for asking. Do, do we pre- call Justin
1: <laughs> Shorter a receiver or a tight end at the next level?
0: Uh, he's. I have him as a tight end, but I mean, okay. I guess if you want to.
1: I have him as a special teamer that. and not either. To be honest. Yeah, me. I mean, yeah, I mean. Um,
0: you're not drafted. Just not the only the only
1: is. receiving option that's going to get drafted out of Florida this year is Justin Shorter has the best chance. He's going to be a day three guy. He's either a receiver or a tight end. It depends on how you look at it, but he's more of a special teamer, especially day one.
0: Destiny, would he be a wide receiver if he was shorter?
1: Okay. And on that note, Ba-dum-boom. guys. Um, Really appreciate all the support. Make sure you guys hit the like button. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. We'll be back at it again next Wednesday. Um, and the draft's are right around the corner, people. We are 15 days away from April 27th, two weeks from tomorrow from the NFL draft being here. And we don't have to argue about who the quarterback is anymore because we'll know.
0: See you guys next week. Thank you all for tapping in. Peace.